The following program is sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions expressed by Josh Jelinski should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal. Any tax advice on this show is not intended to be used by any person for the purpose of avoiding U.S., federal, or state tax penalties that may be imposed on such person. And each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. Josh Jelinski is not providing legal or tax advice. Nothing should be construed as solicitation of an offer to buy securities. Throughout the show, cash value life insurance is referred to as a tax-free financial vehicle based on the following tax attributes. Income tax-free death benefit, tax-deferred accumulation of policy values, and tax-free access to basis. Policy loans in excess of basis are income tax-free so long as the policy remains in force. This assumes the policy is not a modified endowment contract. Loans taken directly from the policy will reduce the death benefit. Securities offered through American Portfolios Financial Services, APFS, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Wealth Quarterback, LLC, WQ, APFS, and WQ are unaffiliated entities. Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Now, let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Coming to you live, and we have a rare treat retirement researcher wade fow joins us uh some people uh for some reason we're gonna have tom hegna but wade fow uh just as good of a treat so wade fow p-f-a-u is one of the leading retirement uh researchers in the country and he's going to be talking to us about his latest book. That's our free giveaway. And he's going to be talking about all kinds of retirement planning issues. So if you have questions on annuities, retirement income planning, utilizing cash value life insurance, uh, index funds, whatever question you have, mutual funds, ETFs, Wade Fowl will be talking about his new book. He is the retirement researcher. The title of the book, and the book is a $39 book, $38.99, if you buy it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. But he's been so generous to give away five free copies of the book. How much can I spend in retirement, a guide to investment-based retirement income strategies at no charge when you schedule and keep your no-obligation appointment. So this week, we're going to be in Short Hills, Hackensack, King of Prussia, Melville in New York, New York City, Greenwich, Connecticut, our corporate headquarters in Tom's River. I have one spot left this week in Princeton, New Jersey as well. So Princeton, Hackensack, Short Hills, Red Bank, New Jersey, Tom's River, Cherry Hill, and a spot near you. Greenwich, Connecticut as well. 
and I'll be making a rare appearance again there. So call us 888-988-JOSH. So we have a host of issues to talk about, not least of what is what you want to talk about. So give us a call. Pick up the phone. Now is your chance to get on with me live. So if you have a question on stocks, bonds, annuities, we're one of the only shows where you get to call into the host live. Now, uncensored, unscripted with your financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski. So give us a call. 888-988-JOSH. We have a lot to talk about today in the world of finance. E-Trade just made a big announcement to buy Custodian Trust Company of America, uh, one of the custodians we use. Uh, that That's huge in the investment advisor landscape. And although not a recommendation to buy or sell, it could bode very well for E-Trade getting into a foothold of retirement advisors that they didn't have before. And then they have the technology and Trust Company of America has the advisor bandwidth and a very service-friendly motif. So we've got a lot to talk about. Also, the IRS is extending the limit. They're, they're saying, hey, you can put more into a 401k or IRA than ever before. So give us a call. We're going to talk about a new term called Rothification. According to Sarah Brenner, Rothification is a term that is being used around Congress. What does Rothification mean? Proposals vary, but basically it's the idea of eliminating tax deductions and deferrals for retirement savings and instead mandating after-tax contributions with a payoff of tax-free earnings down the road. This is how Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks work, so hence the term Rothification. Did you know that? They may be doing away with the 401k or IRA? Hmm, interesting. I always heard it the other way around from certain people. Is Rothification of our retirement system a good idea? Well, it depends on who you talk to. But Rothification is a polarizing one. Proponents point to the great tax benefits that can be had with Roth accounts. The trade-off for paying taxes now is a promise of completely tax-free withdrawals at retirement. A Roth retirement account produce years of tax-free earnings. For the right individual, Roth accounts can be a great strategy, and millions of Americans have made Roth contributions to both plans and IRAs and have converted their traditional IRAs to Roths, trading present tax bills for future tax-free withdrawals. Another benefit to Rothification that supporters mention less, but nevertheless is a motivating factor, is that it works well for the current budgetary needs. Because these accounts are after tax, they produce revenue in the present tax year, as, a, as opposed to tax deductible and deferred retirement accounts, which decrease tax revenue in the present. Of course, down the road, something politicians don't like to dwell on, Roth accounts are revenue losers with the tax-free earnings they produce. 
While Rothification has its supporters, it has many opponents. Many experts have voiced concerns that Rothification would not be good for the retirement landscape. What do you think about the Rothification of America? Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, and see how you can add Roths to your portfolio, even if you're above the normal income limits. Let's say your doc, your, uh, your accountant came to you and said, well, Roths, you can't do a Roth. You make too much money. There are some strategies for you. An abrupt switch to a full Roth system would be a shock. What do you think? Give us a call. 800-321-0710. I want your opinion on the Rothification of America. Also, Americans are used to a retirement system that includes tax deductions. That could be a big negative. Also, there are concerns that many simply would not make contributions without the incentive of an immediate tax break. Back in the 80s, when universal deductibility was eliminated, IRA contributions became much less attractive to many taxpayers. I'm against total Rothification. I think Roths are a good tool when used properly. But this is, you know, the IRAs and 401ks are one of the best tax breaks we have. Don't get, don't give, that's going to punish those who save. So give us a call, 888-98-JOSH. If you want to see about implementing greater tax deductions into your overall retirement planning, maybe you need to consider a SEP, a traditional IRA, maybe a solo 401k, maybe a solo Roth 401k. There are many different strategies that you can employ to increase your retirement savings and to increase your tax benefits potentially. So give us a call. 888-988-JOSH during the break and you'll get the free book by our special guest, Wade Fowl, PFAU. He will be joining us in a moment to discuss his new book, How Much Can I Spend in Retirement? Give us a call now, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front, but did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, now for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but they'll educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary no-fee tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book Tax-Free Retirement as a free gift if you call within the next three minutes. Call 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with the financial quarterback. Give us a call. And Wade is joining us talking about what everybody wants to hear about. So if you know anybody who needs clarity 
when discussing what they're going to do and how they're going to spend in retirement. This is the book for you. Wade Fow is providing clarity that is often missing when it comes to the financial side of your retirement. Good morning, Wade. Good morning, Josh. Yeah, great to have you with us. So we're I'm so excited about your new book called How Much Can I Spend in Retirement? So what prompted you to write the book, uh, Wade? Oh, well, I'd always wanted to write a book. And this has really been a book that has been in progress for a long time. I started writing it in 2012 and then got sidetracked. And of course, updated everything that I've written for back then. But finally, over the past year, really had been focusing on on getting the book finished. And that was always a big goal for me. Yeah, no, I'm writing a book and it, it takes forever just to write a chapter. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it does. And, and I'm having, uh, I'm having someone help me with it. And it's like, you know, I change everything. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> so, uh, no, that's good. So what, uh, for those who don't know you, Wade is the founder of retirementresearcher.com, professor of retirement income at the American College. Of financial services. So Wade and, and a principal at McLean Asset Management. So Wade teaches other financial advisors on the subject of how to generate retirement income portfolios. And I think he is one of the best retirement researchers today. So Wade, uh, with that background in mind, any new bits or nuggets of discovery uh, that are in the book, how much can I spend in retirement that you would like to point out? Uh, well, yeah, the, the newest content that was in there is about just all the strategies related to, and, and it has a lot of different names. It's bucketing or time segmentation. It's the idea about investing in bonds for the short term, more aggressive portfolio for long term expenses. And there's a thousand different ways that can be set up. So I, I tried to test some different ways of doing that and came to conclusions about good ways to do that, bad ways to do that, and, and when it might actually help. That That's the newest content. And then beyond that, really the starting point of the book was the whole 4% rule of thumb about how much you can spend from your investments in retirement and going through in extreme detail all the assumptions behind that. And when you start looking at well, how those assumptions might change to be more realistic, what would cause the withdrawal rate to be higher and what would cause the withdrawal rate to be lower. Um, so basically the 4% rule is dead as we know it. So <laughs> It is yeah, just strained by the low interest rate environment that we're in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. The, the one of the things that uh, I talk about is the 4% rule is dead and it's a failure of modern retirement planning. First, explain what the 4% rule is for people who don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So it is a rule of thumb about how much you can spend in retirement. And it, it corrected a big problem that was happening in the 1990s where people didn't think about the impact of market volatility. They assumed like if the stock market on average gives you 7% after inflation, they were plugging that into a spreadsheet and saying every year their portfolio earns 7%, you could take 7% out and never run out of money. So Bill Bengen, a financial planner in California, 
have sought to remedy the, the problem with that, which is market volatility. And if you're spending from a portfolio after a downturn, you have to sell an increasing share of what's left to meet your goal. And that can dig a hole. So he just had looked at all the different 30-year periods in history. And he was thinking 30 years would be a conservative retirement horizon. And in all the 30-year different periods of history, looked at, well, how much could you have spent? How much could you have taken out at retirement and sustained with inflation adjustments for 30 years without running out of money? And in that historical data, with again, with all kinds of assumptions behind it, 4% was the number that had protected you historically in the worst case scenario. Sure. So we're with Wade Found talking about the 4% rule. So initially it was good. Then it became bad in 2000 to 2002 and 2007 to 2009. So just to set this up a little bit. Folks, say you retired with a million dollars at 2007. What would have happened, Wade, if you would have followed the 4% rule? Well, in 2008, depending on your asset allocation and everything, but you may have lost in the neighborhood of 40% of your portfolio. And so if you were still trying to take out that $40,000, Going into 2009, your $1 million could be somewhere around $600,000 already. You're getting up closer to a 7% withdrawal rate in that year to meet your goal. And that becomes a hurdle that your portfolio has to earn at least that much to avoid further decline and has to earn a lot more than that to try to have any recovery back to your original $1 million. So really, it's it's not... Uh, It's not feasible. So the 4% rule, as we know it, is dead. So what is, so if somebody is retiring today and they have a nest egg, call it a million, two million, five million, five hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, whatever it might be, what is the safe withdrawal rate for that person? I know every person is different. And it probably varies depending on which strategy. But is there a safe rule of thumb? I mean, some people have quoted you saying 1.9 is a safe rate. Is that is that correct? Um, yeah, well, it depends on assumptions. And actually, another aspect that's new in the book I call the retirement care analysis, which goes through all the factors to think about. But I think your question is really like if you want to follow most of the assumptions of the 4% rule, what would be the safe, relatively safe answer given essentially the fact that we're in a very low interest rate environment? And and I tend to come to the answer right now of around 3%. It can get even lower if you start adding in assumptions that with with fees or investor bad behavior and so forth, investors will underperform the market indexes that are assumed they're earning to to support the 4% rule. But if you assume investors are earning the underlying market returns, the fact that interest rates are so low really kind of leads us to conclude that 3% is giving about the same amount of safety that people historically would have expected with 4%. Wow. So there's got to be a better way. And, and you outline that in your latest book, which is available at retirementresearcher.com slash book, or uh, Wade's people have been so generous to ship to our office five free copies to the first 
five of you at no charge. And uh, you can give us a call, 800-321-0710, if you have questions for literally the cutting edge of retirement income planning today and from one of the leaders in retirement income planner planning, Wade Fowl. Some people are, many people are using his work in, in, in the field today. So on, we're going to get to time segmentation, this 3% rule. Now everyone wants a simple rule, but this 3% rule, you would even say there's some fallacies because what are the assumptions behind the new 3% rule? Is it a 60-40 stock bond portfolio never being sold? What, mm-hmm. what are the assumptions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the the 4% rule world assumes you don't have a conservative asset allocation. It's recommending 50 to 75% stocks to retirees. And indeed, they always have to rebalance right on schedule every year. Never panic, never kind of sell off their stock positions after a stock market downturn and that sort of thing. Indeed, actually, if the stock market's down, rebalancing means you're buying more stocks in the down market, which rationally is really what you should be doing. But in the real world, people struggle to do that. And so, yeah, that 3% number is assuming perfect investor behavior (laughs) in order to get the 3%. Which rarely happens. Is it assuming fees? Or is it assuming a no-fee platform? Yeah, it's assuming no fees. It's assuming investors are able to earn the underlying index market returns. And if there are any fees there, yeah, Yeah. you have to get alpha. You have to outperform the market to Mm. offset your fees, which which indeed is very hard to do. So so let's say somebody uh, wanted an advisor an advisor who used index funds and low-cost ETF, what would the rule be then if the advisor had perfect investor behavior and paid a, you know, a one and a quarter percent fee? The rule would be what, like 2.7 maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the general trade-off is a 1% underperformance, which if that's reflected as a fee, would lower the withdrawal rate by another about half percent. So okay. yeah, 3% would be getting closer to 2.5%. Now, I, I don't like to, th- that often leads people to think that financial advisors might hurt your sustainable spending. And the idea is without an advisor, someone who's not financially sophisticated might underperform the market by two or 3%. If the advisor helps them and gets them to the position where they're only underperforming the market by 1%, then that's a much better outcome than the alternative. So it's not just that advisors are eating away at the withdrawal rate. No, yeah. And and there's some other importance to a financial advisor. And we'll, we'll ask you about that. But two and a half percent, and that's not counting any extreme health care bills, money being eroded from a long-term care at a downturn, you know, so that's probably not factoring in that, that one should purchase long-term care insurance or, or some type of insurance, or at least that they don't have uh, a, a long-term illness. So, I mean, you're probably at like your, your 1.9% that you're quoted is probably maybe more accurate. So uh, 2.5% on your nest egg. Is there a better way 
Wade outlines, yes, there is. In his book, How Much Can I Spend in Retirement? Wade Fowl, PhD, CFA, a guide to investment-based retirement income strategies. Folks, we have one of the leading retirement income researchers today. Give us a call for the free book. We are giving away five free copies to the first five of you who schedule and keep your no-obligation Review at 888-988-JOSH. That number again, 888-988-5674. But you need to call us now. Meet with me in Princeton, Toms River, Cherry Hill, Hackensack, Short Hills, Red Bank, Melville and Long Island, Greenwich in Connecticut, and a spot near you. But we really need to hear from you now. 888-988-JOSH. And if you have a question, we are live with Wade, one of the best today. I don't say this about many people. His book is thoughtful. It's reasoned. It's rational. It's not fear-based, but fact-based. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, and talk to him now. He's uh, so generous to be with us all hour. We'll be back after this. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front. But did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback now, for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary, no-fee, tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book, Tax-Free Retirement, as a free gift. If you call within the next three minutes, call 888 Josh. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with a financial quarterback. Taking your calls with Wade Fowl, the 4% rule is dead, I, I, I think. So it, it served us for a period, but really if, if the rule now is 2%, or two and a half percent. And that's if you have perfect investor behavior. By the way, that's also, if you have a million dollars for retirement, that means you have zero dollars in cash. 40% is in a traditional bond index or treasury based index, correct? I mean, this isn't in. Mm -hmm. So if you have a million dollars and you have 400,000 in cash, you're violating the two and a half percent rule and you're really down to that 1.9. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, you need the higher yields from from the bonds relative to cash to support the four percent rule as well. That, yeah, that's the four percent. Yeah, that's important to know because people don't do that. A lot of people, I'm sure you see at your work at McLean, a lot of clients. I mean, I spend ten thousand based upon we, we did a number. I think I've done ten thousand interviews of individual investors over the years. Plus, and I, I would say that the average person today that I see has a significant portion in cash 
and they're putting money headlong into the stock market at precisely the time they should be conservative. So that perfect investor behavior does not exist. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's definitely what what tends to happen is people get excited. The stock market's now been doing very well for a very long time. And that's, you should always just be sticking to your asset allocation. This is not the time to be pouring money into the stock market. If I'm not saying to go in the opposite direction, but if anything, this would really be essential, especially for people approaching retirement, a better time to lock in their gains and make sure that they can support their retirement lifestyle and aren't subjecting themselves to market losses that will take them from having won the game and have a successful retirement to then falling behind and not having everything that they had and hoped for their retirement spending. Well, yeah, that, that's a good point. So what, what do you do if you want to, if we have people who really it's all about lifestyle, financial planning and financial planners, why should one hire a financial planner? And as a follow-up, how does one ensure they have the lifestyle that they want in retirement to do the things that they want? So those are two big questions <laughs> at the same time, but go ahead. Well, so with the financial planner, it's important to make sure you are working with someone that does much more than just manage the investment portfolio. That's only one aspect. But there's been a lot of research now, and Vanguard has done one of the big studies about trying to quantify the value that a financial advisor can bring to a retirement plan, I mean, to just general financial planning. And, And so it's going to be things like in the Vanguard case, the, the behavioral coaching they identify as the biggest, and that's just helping somebody stay the course, to determine the appropriate asset allocation and not deviate away from it. And they estimate that can add about one and a half percent to an investor's returns over time. And then they have other like just investing with regard to taxes, using tax strategies, tax efficient strategies, finding the right asset allocation, um, focusing on lower cost investments with the realization that price does not mean quality when it comes to investment choices, locating assets in the right places in terms of their tax preferred or taxable status and so forth, and and just focusing on the the total overall portfolio. And and they estimate that good advice can add about 3% a year to an investor's returns. And then Morningstar also did a study about quantifying someone who might just follow a naive behavior based on rules of thumb versus somebody who's making better, more appropriate financial decisions. And and they estimate across six factors that includes how you spend from your assets in retirement, how you allocate all of your wealth, looking at tax efficiency, um, looking at thinking about lifetime income with, with risk pooling through some sort of annuity and also claiming social security. All that together can add up to, based on a lot of assumptions, but 32% more retirement income. So just working with an advisor that's helping you to make good decisions in all those regards can can really add a lot to somebody's overall financial plan. And that was a long answer that led me to forget the second part of that question. <laughs> I would even say sometimes the value of a financial advisor is beyond this one and a half to three percent. Here's what I mean. 
Let's say your financial advisor recommended that you purchase long-term care insurance. You hated it. You hated the bill from 60 all the way to 84. You complained about it. Then at 85, the doctor informs you that your wife has dementia and the bills are mounting or the doctor informs you that your husband has Alzheimer's. If the advisor set you up properly with either long-term care insurance or with a permanent insurance policy, some type of whole life with a long-term care uh, benefit attached to it, the value of the advisor is dramatic and almost incalculable because you won't have to spend all of your assets just to help the one you love in retirement. So I mean, I get what they're trying to do, but there are so many times where a client calls an advisor and says, oh, should I sell it all, you know, based on North Korea? And every year we're doing things with clients, trying to train them against their inherent irrationality regarding their own money. Any thoughts on that before we get to the, the other question? Yeah, I agree with that, that this was an effort to do research and to quantify here's how someone would behave versus here's how their behavior could be improved. And they, they just had a small list of factors. So indeed, there's a lot more, including being properly insured. And it's not just long-term care insurance, but but every other kind of insurance, umbrella policies and so forth. And and that part of risk management and whole added value that the advisor can provide that's not in these studies. So I agree with you that the value can indeed be a lot more than the studies show. And it's just, again, the, the advisor does a lot more than just the investment portfolio. That's kind of the old notion of your advisor manages your investments, but a good financial planner does much more than that in terms of risk management, investments, insurance, and just good habits building a good overall financial plan. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's so, there's so many benefits of a financial advisor, even if you're a do-it-yourselfer. Many do-it-yourselfers have come to us over the years and said, hey, you know, I'm very wise in my own decision making, but I worry about my kids when I leave the money to them. And I worry about my spouse or significant other. Not that they're going to make bad decisions, but I want to prevent them from going to the bad chicken dinner seminar and buying something that uh, would be a mistake. So there, there are so many people calling us at 888-988-JOSH for your free book, Wade. And obviously you could buy it wherever books are sold. Wade, I recommend people, uh, if they want to buy your book, do they go to the website or barnesandnoble.com? They'll definitely have good luck going to Amazon. I, it's probably at Barnes and Noble, but I haven't actually. BarnesandNoble.com. <laughs> um, I found it on BarnesandNoble.com. Oh, it's there. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's also on Amazon.com. You can buy it wherever books are sold. Also, you, you, uh, buy it wherever books are sold or, uh, you can call us at 888-988-JOSH and we'll give you the book valued at about 35 to $40 depending on where you buy it. Wade has been so generous to give five free copies to the first five of you who schedule and keep your no obligation review. Up next, 
How do you achieve your ultimate retirement lifestyle? If you want to enjoy your life in retirement, the next segment is for you. So I'm going to ask Wade, how can you construct a portfolio for enjoyment of one's wealth, not just worrying about it? Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH. And also, if you have a question on stocks, bonds, annuities, mutual funds, now is the time to chime in with your questions for Wade or myself. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH gets you the free book. Also, if you have a financial question for Wade or myself, give us a call and we'll be back after these messages. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front, but did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, now for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but they'll educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary no-fee tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book Tax-Free Retirement as a free gift if you call within the next three minutes. Call 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with the financial quarterback. What What's somebody to do if they want to enjoy their retirement? You mentioned this concept of time segmentation. Is that really the answer, learning how to properly time segment? Uh, well, that, that can be part of the answer. But I, I think ultimately to think beyond just the investment portfolio as well and consider having reliable income sources. And, and time segmentation does provide short-term reliable income sources by have, holding individual bonds to meet early retirement expenses, but really having lifetime reliable income also through some sort of lifetime income guarantee as well. And setting a, really to think about, you know, the, the best way to meet financial goals in retirement. Well, the, the financial goals, I call them the four L's, longevity, lifestyle, legacy, and liquidity. And longevity and lifestyle are about your retirement expenses. Legacy is about meeting the, your, your goals for a bequest. And then liquidity is just having reserve assets available. And that can include things like long-term care insurance that help to manage the contingencies or the spending shocks, the things that fall outside of your baseline retirement budget. And so thinking about how do you best match what you have in terms of your assets to meet those different goals and to meet the expenses associated with those goals and, and really thinking about assets in terms of reliable income assets, the, the diversified investment portfolio, and then reserve assets that are not needed for the other goals and so that are truly liquid assets available that can be used for contingencies like health care expenses and long-term care expenses and so forth. That's a good one. Have you found 
any so so with this whole time segmentation bit, what is it for people who don't know it, and why does it hold uh, such appeal for you? Mm-hmm. Well, so time segmentation, and first to say there's there's a thousand different ways it's done in practice, and most of them. They're just talking. They, well, they don't, you don't even, you need, if you're going to do time segmentation, you have to be clear about how you're going to implement it. And so the way I tested it is at the start of retirement, you're going to build a ladder of bonds that will cover retirement expenses for the first, it could be anywhere from three to 10 years. I tend to look at the idea of 10 years. And then the rest of your investment assets would be invested more aggressively and meant to cover expenses after, well, years 11 and later. But but then the hard part of time segmentation, that's where most of the approaches described don't really go into detail about this, is over time, you have to move assets from your, your long-term growth portfolio into your short-term bond ladder, time-segmented portfolio. Like, like if I build a 10-year bond ladder and then I don't do anything 10 years later, my bonds are all gone and all I have left is that aggressive investment portfolio. So you have to move assets over time from the investment portfolio into the the bond ladder. And I, I looked at in detail at three different ways to go about doing that and found that two of the three ways did not work very well. So the one way that does work well and, and the way that works well is you base you extend that ladder when you're kind of ahead of schedule. You do this analysis at the beginning of retirement of if I want my money to last, and you can be conservative about this to say like 105 or something like that, how much wealth would I need every year in retirement Mm. to be on track so that I don't run out of money until I'm 105 years old? And if my actual wealth is ahead of schedule, higher than it needs to be because you know, markets have been doing well, then I extend, keep extending the bond ladder and, and keeping it at that full, in this example, 10-year duration. But if I'm falling behind and it looks like I'm not able to meet, well, I, I'm, I'm below where I need to be to meet that overall spending goal, then in those years, I avoid extending the bond ladder. I'm essentially avoid selling stocks to try to give them more time to recover before I, I have to sell them. And the appeal of these strategies, it is, I, I talk about two different ways to think about retirement. There's the probability-based world that's very much focused on investments and the idea that stocks will outperform bonds. And then there's a safety first side, which wants to make sure you have more protection for, for expenses. You don't want them exposed to the stock market. And these time segmentation approaches, they are part of that probability-based idea. They they have you increase your stock allocation when the stock market's not doing well because you're avoiding selling your stocks, hoping for that recovery. And, and they're really reliant on the idea that the stock market will recover in time that you can extend that bond letter out later on. You, you can skip doing it for now because you'll do it you'll do it later when the stock market recovers. And and there is that assumption that when the stock market recovers, that'll happen soon enough to get you back on track with the plan. So that that time segmentation strategy does work the best. Still, I I think that the best practices about retirement are to, to build in some of the power of risk pooling so that those in the risk pool through through some sort of an annuity, those who don't live as long help to subsidize those who live longer. That becomes a source of returns that an investment portfolio cannot provide. 
And that can also work, I think, in a, ultimately a better way to provide that reliable income. So but you prefer case, annuities over bonds for the conservative portion of one's income needs? Right, absolutely. I think for meeting retirement expenses, bond funds, bond mutual funds or bond ETFs are the worst possible tool to use to meet retire a retirement spending goal. And that's because they have the interest rate risk. If interest rates go up, you have losses on your bond funds. As an alternative, I think holding individual bonds to maturity if you're going to use bonds, works better than bond funds. But individual bonds don't provide you that longevity protection. Eventually, your bonds will run out. So the the way to get that longevity protection is with a simple annuity where the insurance company invests that money in bonds. So I, I want to call that like part of your bond assets, but it's a bond that will provide the income precisely for as long as you need it. And it provides the longevity protection in, in that regard. Yeah. And I also, people all should know, when one does an annuity or insurance contract, generally the insurance company is investing in bonds, but they can afford to hold those bonds for 30 years or to maturity. You may not be able to. And they're buying them institutionally with some of the best bond traders in the world. And if you're buying, you know, even if you got, you know, a couple million to invest, the person buying bonds for you, if if they're seeing you face to face, is generally not an institutional bond trader. That that's a that's a skill that is very hard to find. So comment on that, Wade, and then we'll t- we'll actually we'll take a short break. Then we'll be back with that and your questions for Wade Fow, PFAU, who is the author of the book "How Much Can I Spend in Retirement." If you want to learn how your portfolio can rise from the vulnerability of the impacts of market volatility, unknown longevity, and spending shocks, you know, say you have this big expense you didn't realize, give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. If you have a nest egg and you want to enjoy it when you retirement, in your retirement, Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. We'll be back after these messages. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front. But did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback now, for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary, no-fee, tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book, Tax-Free Retirement, as a free gift. If you call within the next three minutes, call 888 Josh. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with a financial quarterback. Go ahead, Betsy. You're on with Josh Jelinski. 
Hi, thank you for taking my call. I listen to you all the time. Thank you. My question is about qualified lifetime annuity contracts, qualocs. I never hear much about them. What What do you or your guests think of them? <laughs> yeah, that that's a great question. So that's the old name for that sort of approach. It's longevity insurance. It's the idea of buying a simple income annuity. Before you're going to need to use it, say maybe around age 65, where then the income begins at around age 85 or 80. And doing so really reduces the cost that provides you that longevity protection that if you do make it past 80 or 85, you have that secure source of income for those later needs. And that makes it much cheaper than a simple lifetime income annuity because it cuts out the middle payments that only begins later on. And so the Treasury Department in 2013 created the QLAC, the Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract, for retirement plans like IRAs or 401ks, where if you buy it inside of the, the contract, inside of the retirement plan, you can avoid paying the RMDs on those annuity assets until the income actually starts. So you get some ex- extra tax benefits from age 70 and a half through 80 or 85 when the income begins. And that's it's longevity insurance with the extra tax advantage now inside of a retirement plan. And it can be a very effective tool as well in helping to support lifetime retirement income. Yeah, that's fantastic. Any follow-ups before we uh, go, yeah. Betsy? Do you know what type of interest these annuities pay in, on the money? Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're roughly going to pay what bonds are at today. You don't see you don't see specifically what the interest is because it's based on your income payment. They'll tell you in terms of if you put a hundred thousand dollars in, it may be something like at age eighty, you'll get forty thousand dollars per year for the rest of your life, and so you don't see an interest rate. But that's inside their calculations, and what they're using will just be where interest rates are today. Assuming a little yeah, well, bit that higher. was great, Wade. Wade, as always, you do a great job. The retirement researcher. How much can I spend in retirement? A guide to investment-based retirement income strategies. I don't know if you can stay on for another 15 minutes, Wade, but if you can, that'd be great. 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674. This is Josh Jelinski. Call us for the book. How much can I spend in retirement when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review 888-988-JOSH? The preceding program was sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group, which is solely responsible for its content.